This is episode 43 of the Steady Trade Podcast with your host, Tim Bowen. It's kind of like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Steven Johnson. I'm coming to the realization that I'm a, I'm a better entertainer than I am a trader. I'm a loser. Today's episode is about failure. That's right, failure. The guys explain what happened. A colossal loss, short selling, a day one, low float stock with news. Something we talk about every day in Stocks to Trade Pro about not shorting. What he did right. Yeah, there's a, there's a huge trend shift where... Everything's spiking out the open. What he did wrong. In the past, I would have been more careful with a 60% gap bar to see how much it would spike out the open if it was coming up with volume. And how he's going to make sure that this time he will never, ever, ever make the same mistake again. We've got a whole team of coaches. We can turn you around, kid. I'm confident. Again. Okay, I feel like a hero now. I feel like I'm a hero. Not yet. You're the goat, right? You remember? I'll lose that right now. You're in in the dark place right now. You've been exiled from the village. You've been thrown out. Yes. Everybody despises you. All this on today's episode of the Steady Trade Podcast. But first, let's dip into our listener mailbag. Today's question, what counts as a single trade under the PDT rule. Uh, this one's from Robert Brooks. He says, in your video, you said you can scale into your trade. And as long as you buy, 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 and then sell, sell, etc., that it only counts as one trade. Can you verify that with a trade? I bought 2,500 shares in 10 minutes later. I bought another 2,500 shares. Hotkeys used at 2,500 shares. And for a total of two buys and 5,000 5, shares. Over the course of 30 minutes, I sold portions of my position times until my position was zero. At that point, I was charged two PDT trades as each buy was considered uh, a trade. So uh, for me, I've never used a trade before. I have no idea. I know with interactive brokers, as long as you don't buy, then sell, then buy again, uh, it's counted as one trade. You can buy in and sell out. I don't know. Do you know, Well, the big, yeah, the one thing, and it's a great question, and we get asked this a lot, Remember, with the PDT, a lot of brokers will handle it differently. So what I always say is, and, and first of all, thank you for listening to the Steady Trade Podcast, but when it comes to how your broker treats the PDT rule, I always, always, always say, go straight to your broker and make sure because they all can interpret the rules slightly differently, and you might be talking just somebody that uses a different broker and they'll say, oh, this and this and this, but then your broker treats it differently. So great question, but when it comes to PDT and how the broker handles it, always call them, DM them, send them an email. That way you know how they'll treat it. Because remember, if you, know, if you violate that, you may be stuck in a position that you don't want to be in. So always, always, always verify with the broker you're using currently. Then if you change brokers, verify with them. And now, episode 43 of the Steady Trade Podcast, Failure, the sequel. Welcome back to the Steady Trade Podcast. Uh, We actually, you know, it's kind of like Star Wars, Indiana Jones, 
Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of these long, long, long running sequels. We have, we have the third part of a trilogy, but the beauty of the third part of the trilogy in the traditional Joseph Campbell's hero journey metaphor, I believe we have a light, we have a solution at the end of this trilogy. So what is the trilogy I'm teasing? It is the third time in a very short brief period, brief time period, and, and particularly the second time in a very short time period where Steven has taken a colossal to proportion to his account, a colossal loss, short selling a day one low float stock with news. Something we talk about, you know, every day in stocks to trade pro about not shorting, or if you do short them, wait till the backside, whether that be late day, whether that be day three, whether that be two weeks down the road when the stock breaks support and, and, and all the longs panic and it, and it corrects. But this is something that is, that is very, very, very tempting. Um, I can't remember if we used it in the last episode, but I did a stupid video on my Twitter where I kept burning my hand on the stove. Perhaps the producer wants to reuse that again. But anyway, that is, quite, that, that is the dilemma that Steven has been dealing with lately is, is he sees these low-priced, junk stocks, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not arguing the fact that these aren't the worst stocks in the world, but he sees them up early, piles in early, and, and, and has been getting wrecked on this. Now, he's in a pretty low place today, so my, I, I have several goals. I want to recount, recount his story because many, many, many traders do this. I mean, I have come close to quitting myself. Steven is, you know, I can see, see the, the quitter's mentality creeping in. And I, you know, I'm not going to let him quit. I'm going to coach him up. I'm going to get him through it. But hey, I've been there. Every trader's been there. There's that image you can Google of, of the quitter where the, and we've talked about this, where the guy's mining for diamonds and he's all sweaty and he quits one inch away from the diamonds. And then you see the other guy that's just pounding away to get to the diamonds. And, and I think that trading is a lot like that. You need to burn your hand on the stove to learn your lessons. So it's a long-winded introduction, but here we are for episode three of the sequel of Big Losses, Short and Low Float Stocks. So, so why don't you introduce yourself, Stephen? Start, start, with like the, start with like the Alcoholics Anonymous introduction where you're like, hi, my name is... I think there's three, there's three things that have, that have come to mind when you're giving the introduction. Uh, the first one is not a pity thing to say, but I'm... I'm I'm coming to the realization that I'm a, I'm a better entertainer than I am a trader. That's, that's the first thing. Very good at making YouTube videos, but not as good at trading for granted. We'll get to it in a minute. Uh, there's a count after that. The second thing that I want to say is, uh, the, well, the second thing I'll say is, have you ever seen the film Bridesmaids? The what? Bridesmaids. It's a hilarious film. Nope. The, listeners will have seen, the listeners will have seen it. Okay. If we have sorry. Seen it. Sorry. Um, but Bridesmaids is a hilarious kind of American kind of comedy about a, a girl who uh, gets kind of messed around by different guys and she finds the right guy, but because she's been messed around so many times, she rejects him. And then she goes on this mental breakdown and loses all of her friends. But there's a story where her mom says, um, ah, I think you're at rock bottom. And she's, she's like, no, I'm not at rock bottom. And then a couple more bad things happen to her and she's like, no, I'm at rock bottom. And it reminds me of what's happened to me where I thought it was at rock bottom, but then worse and worse and worse things happen. And then you think, nah, this is rock bottom. From trading, from trading wise, anyway. 
Um, and the third thing was uh, the market. It's it's so strange because well, I'm not sure if it's just me psychologically not with it or if it's the market, but the patterns that I used to trade drunk and make three, four, five hundred dollars on, I cannot trade with the utmost com- uh, concentration right now. Where I was in a, when I was in the zone, I could have beers. It was easy. I could have a couple of beers and bank 305, 10 minutes and I'm done and I'll do it day after day after day. I'd never have a red day in the week. And then now it's like, I can't do anything right. Well, I mean, I mean, one of the things you got to recognize is that, you know, I, I talk about this a lot, you know, markets are cyclical. Okay. Things that are working now don't necessarily work next month. Then the month after that, they work again. So, I mean, did you, and this is going back to tracking that we talk a lot about, is there a point where you recognize this trend shift? Yeah, there's a, there's a huge trend shift where everything's spiking out the open. And there's a lot of stocks that don't have that much volume pre-market that are exploding at the open. So it's, it's hard to judge how they're going to spike. And for my, for my entire trading career, what I've always done is traded loads of random patterns. And then when I got to undisciplined, I'd go back to the one gap and crap setup that always worked. And now I'm going back to this and it's not working, but I think, I think, uh, I'm just, I don't know. I think, I think the gap and crap setup always works. I'll have to go back and check the data. There's certainly been a few more kind of gap and goes in the market, but like I would, in the past, I would have never shorted at the open a 14 million contract win in the past. I would have been more careful with a 60% gap back to see how much it would spike at the open. If it was, coming up with volume. So I'm just not, not trading well. Well, and, and let's talk about that ticker. So it's AETI. And if you're following along at home, you could look at the chart from June 4th on AETI. And, um, you know, and ultimately, and then not to beat you up, but today, AETI, you know, day two would have been an incredible short. I think it went from like two yeah. to it's down 8%. I, I wouldn't call it an incredible short, but it probably fades over nah, time. But ultimately, AETI, you know, we come in on Monday morning. So what I call, well, not I, there's, I stole this from a million other traders, but we talk about Money Monday where everybody is fired up, ready to rock. You know, everybody's rested, wants, you know, comes in Monday morning. They want to buy stocks. There's a reason you'll notice on your news feed, whether you're using stocks to trade, which we obviously recommend, or any news feed service, Monday morning, 8 a.m., news, 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 news. You'll Hundreds of articles, press releases, contract wins, you'll see all this news flow. Why? Because these companies, hey, they're in the stock market to sell stock. They know Monday morning, everybody's ready to get after it. You know, they, they want to they buy something today. It's Monday morning, it's 9 a.m., the stock market's open. So you've got AETI, a low float stock with news. It's a contract win. You know, was it the greatest contract win in the world? No, but you've got to recognize the market you're in. It's a contract win. It's a low float stock. It's gapping up. And then the volume comes in and we start getting that float rotation. And those are the ones that, that run guys over. And, and that's basically what happened with, with Steven and AETI. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I was being pretty clever because I, I worked out a kind of a formula to say, based on 
I looked at loads of different previous chart examples of stocks that gapped up 50%, 40%, 30%, 20%. And how they ran that day, stocks that traded 50 million, 40 million, 30 million, 20 million, 10 million across the day. And I worked out the average pre-market volume, the average one-minute candle volume. And from there, I was, I, was, I was able to work out roughly, based on the pre-market action and based on the first-minute candle, what was the average that the stock would likely be able to trade on the day. And based on that, how much would it move up? How much would it, how much would it, what price would it kind of close at? And I'm just looking at things in too much detail, I think. And I'm just, I'm kind of see the woods for the trees or whatever the expression is, because I'm too intricately looking at things instead of just going for a general feel of this looks strong. This looks weak. This has got too many buyers. I'm going to have to get out. It's too strong. So well, just having an overview of the price action. And, you know, re- keep in mind, one of the reasons that I, that I hammer so much on not shorting these low flow, low floats day one. Again, if you happen to follow me on Twitter, my, you know, my Twitter is 99% sarcasm, but my, one of my hobbies is making fun of these day one low float shorters. And AETI is a classic example where, I mean, to bring that chart up, bring up the intraday chart for, for uh, June 4th. And I see in two one minute candles, this moved 60%. It went from a dollar to 60 cents. And that is that type of violent movement is why I coach avoiding these things at the open because it doesn't matter how disciplined you are, you can't get out in that move. There, there, there is no exit in a, a 60% move in two one minute candles. I don't care if you've got 10 shares you'll probably miss a fill and then you're panicking and you're hitting market orders, which we would never recommend because you always get the worst fills. So that is why we go back to part two, the, the empire strikes back of this trilogy where I was like, don't short in pre-market low floaters. Don't short at the open low floaters. If you want to short them at 2 PM, which I know for Steven's difficult because he is in Dubai. It's like after midnight, but the odds are so much lower of that stock spiking 60% against you in a one minute candle at 2 PM versus the odds at 931. And you can't, you can, the crux of it is you can do everything right. You can have your formula, you can have your plan, but when you get those types of moves, you're trapped. You, you can't get out. Yeah. And and that's, that's the, the, this is the, this is the point where I'm really struggling with uh, because I've had this strategy that's worked so well for about 14, 15 months. I've relied on it as bread and butter. And then all of a sudden I've just walked into two kind of roller coasters Uh, and I'm just like how, I mean, I think the strategy is feasible, but it's just not working in this market. I mean, and especially with a contract win on a low float, but I would have never floated a contract win on a low float a year ago anyway. I mean, if I think back to the examples yet, it's, I kind of deserved it. Shorting a 5 million float on a contract win is a stupid thing to do. In this market, it's a crazy thing to do. You can expect a 60% blowout move. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I realize, you know, and I, I kind of feel like I got to tear you down and then I'll build you back up. You're, you're like a, you're like one of my remodeling projects, you know, you got to, you got to do a little demo before you build it back up. And I would say this, uh, you know, ever since where I really saw the shift and where I particularly got away 
from shorting a lot of these stocks was that 2016 area where I started recognizing that I don't care what the news is. If it's low float and it has news, it could be, you know, I joked about this on a STT Pro session. It could be they release a press release that they put a new coat of paint on the office. If it's a low float stock and there's anything in the news feed, man, either don't short, wait till late day, or if you do short it, use micro, micro size. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's the struggling point I'm at. And it, it, it's a funny thing because I was doing so well. I, was, I went from 25 to 26 to 28 to 30. But what happened was the minute I crossed 30, I just lost all discipline because I was like, right, I've reached the target. I've got this freedom in my account. I've got this money that I can lose. And I was in this place where I'd never been before. And what I should have done is wired right back down to 25, mm-hmm. took it all out and done it again. And I've heard another trader who's done this. And a it lot of guys do. Yeah, yeah. A lot you of guys, even, 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 even like big dollar traders, they don't keep more than like 30, 35 in their account because they want to they trade above the PDT, but they don't want the temptation of having 200 grand in buying power. Yeah. No, and I mean, as soon as I got up 31, 32, I mentally had lost all discipline. I'd mentally thought I can just take, I can afford to take the loss because I'll just go back down to 29, 30. Valuable lesson but there. It, it, yeah, so I mean, I really should have just, it's the minute you feel like you're losing discipline, you need to wire back down to the, the level that you kind of started at and build it back up and wire back down and build it back up. Or, you know, in a, discipline. I, I agree with that. Or the other mindset that I often use is those, a lot of, a lot of guys and gals get into that mindset that you have where you start thinking about it as like profits, um, you know, and it's like, it's like, magic money above your your capital and i tell people you know you that's your money you earn that shit okay i don't care if you started out with 500 bucks and you're at 30 grand now you earned that 29.5 i think what you ran into and i've heard it before is people start thinking of it like 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 you bought a lottery ticket you know i mean how many lottery winners go bankrupt because they don't feel like it's their money. Woo, I want a million bucks. Now a year later, I'm bankrupt. Where if I worked my ass off digging ditches to make that million bucks, damn it, that's my money. I earned it. And I think trading is like that because you click a few buttons and all of a sudden there's $600 in your account and you're like, holy crap. That was, you know, and I'm doing air quotes for the iTunes listeners. That was easy. And I don't think you, you don't think about it in your head about how hard you work to get there. And the, you know, in your case, the 16 months of studying and the every day, you know, you got a job and yet you're still at the market open every day and you're still there every day. So that I think, and I'm glad you brought up that point is the biggest lesson of this is that's not lottery winnings. That wasn't, you know, a gift. You didn't find that freaking money on the street. You earned that money. Now, maybe you just clicked a few buttons, but that doesn't mean you didn't put in the time and earn it. No, no. And that was, I mean, the, the valuable lessons to come out of it are, are one, uh, value the money that you're in. Two, uh, probably wire the money out that you've made just and, and, and do it again. And then if you've been twice, then maybe think about trying to size up again. But if you try and size up too fast, 
all of a sudden you've, you've got a loss that you don't want to take and you can't cut it. And, and this is another thing that I've kind of learned. And the third thing is try your best to cut the losses because once you do fall into a bad cycle, like this is the worst cycle I've ever been in. I've never, ever uh, managed to make so many basic errors that I don't usually make and lose sense of the patterns and read the market wrong. Never managed to go through this many negative things uh, ever before. And it, it feels like I'm a different person. It's crazy. Um, but I mean, but I know for, I know for sure everyone would have gone through this. Anyone who's traded three, four, five years for sure has gone through losing streaks. You hear it all the time. Well, yeah, but, I mean, I, obviously, you know, our, our friend, Tim Zykes, I mean, you can, you can read his book. I mean, he went through the lowest of lows. I mean, over a multi-year period, you know, his, his hedge fund was failing. And I mean, I mean, he lost hundreds of thousands, maybe, I can't, maybe million. I don't even remember the number. And that wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't like Tim went through this in like one day. If you follow his story, this was like years of just pain, you know, and, and, and he's, you know, he's, he's obviously one of the best out there. No, no. And I, and I, I I'm pretty sure it happens to a lot of people. Um, and I even, but it's just, it's just, a, it's just a crazy thing. And I remember seeing Maddas, Maddas trader, who's just a, a trader, who's a YouTuber. I think you've hit him. Yep. I mean, when I see he was down a hundred grand in the first two months of the year as well, I'm like, how on earth can you face being a hundred grand down? But then he's, he's up like 160 now and stuff like that. But, but the thing is when, when everyone's like, what, what, what is good is when all of the haters and losers are all like, you, you failed, you failed, you failed. But all of the, the one thing that keeps us going is all of the competent professional traders who I know and who are out there and who followed me channel, all of them. And a lot of the guys are the under Sykes as well. Um, like Huddy, I got a properly message from him. Just being like, just keep going. Don't worry. You'll make it back in no time. But I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know. You know, if you keep short and con- low float contract winners at 9:31 AM, I don't have much hope for you to be honest with you. <laughs> nah, but that, that's the other thing. And, and that's the importance of, because although I did short the spikes when it pulled back, if it made a new high, I was always out. But I've recently not been cutting the high of the day okay. because I've been so frustrated by it. So I've made a couple of mistakes. And generally, when I, was, when I was laying out these shorts, I'd be like, what's the float? What's the volume? So if it's less than a 5% float, you've got to be extremely careful. If the volume's high, you've got to be extremely careful. You've got to check the news. You've got to check the SEC filings. You've got to check to think, does this run on light volume? Because if this spikes big, historically on light volume it's probably going to spike big on light volume and this was the same stock of yesterday yesterday it ran on light yeah. volume as well and it ran well well and even i'm, I'm looking well, it ran bigger, even bigger on heavy volume if, if, if i mean if, for instance at uh forgive me i'm just looking so in april it, it went up like 60 70 percent on almost no volume so i mean yeah, that like shows you numbers, right? yeah, i mean I mean, you can see it. I don't know if you can see it if on YouTube, but bring up the chart yeah, from April 2018. There's just a little volume spike and the stock rips. I mean, so that shows you that it's what yeah. we call a former runner. You know, this is a stock that has moved a lot in the past. And, you know, plug your ears if you don't want to hear me say it again. But, I, you know, I always say history doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. And when you see these low float stocks that spike hard on volume, they tend to spike hard on volume again. Doesn't mean they don't fail late day, but... It, it it also means that they're they've had a history of running early. No, no, for sure, and, and that's that's the worrying thing. If if it can spike sixty percent on four million volume and it's traded a million pre market, 
what on earth is it going to do today on 20 million volume? And, and I mean, it's obvious and it's easy to do the math on a four, and what's it going to do on a 40 million contract win? If it can trade 60% on 4 million historically. I mean, I, I know all of the theory. I've been taught all of the theory. I've learned a lot from Saxon Pro. I've learned it from Sykes. But when your head's not in it, you just make stupid mistakes. And the only thing you can do, and this is uh, obviously I email Sykes because I'm on the stocks to trade. I'm like, Tim, I've lost this. And he's like, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> and I'm like, Tim, I've lost again. He's like, oh God, do this. And I'm like, and then I email him again. I'm like, Tim, I've lost again. He's like, trade a hundred shares. And he's saying trade a hundred shares for a reason because it's like, I know how to trade. I know how to make money. I'm just going through a horrible, horrible period. Yeah. And I think, I, I think that's great advice. And I, I for sure agree. You know, it's like, remember as a new trader, your goal isn't to make, you know, a million a month, 10,000 a month, et cetera. Your goal is to get consistent, learn the mechanics of trading, get through the dark periods. So I would never, I mean, ultimately it's your decision, but I would never tell you not to trade, but I totally agree. Scale back your size. I mean, you got a good job. You know, you, you, you don't need trading to pay the bills today. Your goal is to get through this dry period, to get through this slump, get back on the horse. And if that means you have 10 green trades in a row and they're all $25 trades, that doesn't matter because your mentality gets rewired. Right now, you feel like you can't do anything right. I mean, that's not true. You've got a lot of experience. You know what to look for. All these concepts we talk about, a lot of the listeners probably don't even know what we're talking about, some of these terms. You've got the knowledge and you've, you, had the tr- you had the track record. It's just you fell into a slump and then like many things, well, well, unlike many things, the, the dilemma with trading is sometimes the harder you try, the worse it gets. You know, it's like there's a lot of jobs where, you know, especially if they're manual labor, you know, or, or you know, even if it's writing, if, if it's creative, like Stephen does um, a lot of marketing, you know, if it, maybe if he pulls two, all-night, two all-nighters, he might have the greatest sales presentation ever. But the problem is if you put that, if you try and just go all out in trading, sometimes well, not sometimes, quite frequently, it's the exact opposite. And you kind of run into what you're running into. No, and for sure. And just, I mean, the, the, the way it feels right now is I, I honestly think I've got a thousand dollar account. If I blow up this account, if I blow up this account, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't, and I'd never say this is it because it's not going to be it because we've got the podcast, I've got the YouTube. So I, I just, it's like one of those things where I, I literally can't give up because I'm too invested in it now. But say I didn't have all of these things, I'd be at the point where I was like, if I blow up this thousand dollar account, I don't know if I, sh- I don't know if I can continue. And the only thing that makes us want to continue is hearing people now who are up fifty grand, up a hundred grand, up one hundred and fifty grand, who have literally said the same thing of like they were done, they were absolutely done. It's over. I quit. And there was one little thing or one little person that kept them going, and then they've run away with it since and, and making a lot of money, but they've all said they've gone through these horrible, horrible, horrible periods. And you know, it's funny you talk about the haters cause I see some of the comments too, but I, you know, I like it because you know what those guys are, the ones that, the ones that talk shit, the ones that, that, that knew, let's say I knew it was going to happen, Steven. They're the ones that didn't keep trying. You know, they're the ones that, yeah. you know, we all face these, aber- these uh, roadblocks. The word wouldn't come to me, but we all face them. And 
the people that that say the nastiest stuff are the ones that gave up. Hundred percent, I guarantee you. No, hundred. They're they're not successful. If they were successful at it, they'd be encouraging you. But you mentioned you're getting encouragement from the successful guys because they were there, they overcame it, and they and they're now successful. The people that are giving you crap are the people that did exactly what you did, maybe made some money, blew up an account or two, and then gave up. No, it's it's all all of the you're totally right. All of the successful people who've made it, they're, they're all like, look, can I can I give you some advice? I can I just help you? You're you're on the right track. You're nearly there. Uh, I can like they've watched the videos. They're like, I can see what you're doing, but you just need to tweak this and tweak that. And I'm just like, all right, I, I, it's it's one of those things where you feel so close to something, but then you're so far away as well. And uh, I feel ultimately very, very close to it. It's cutting a couple of bad, bad, bad habits. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, when I get an email off Tim saying, you will, W-I-L-L in capital letters, say make it. I'm like, Tim, you're mental. If you, you're absolutely mental <laughs> if you believe this. But thanks for the encouragement. I can't see your vision, but thanks a lot. And I just hey. think, are you mental, Tim? I shouldn't say this to him because he'll be like, fuck you on the, you'll see it, F you in real life. But I'm like, are you mental, Tim? How can you possibly think I can make it when I'm down like 10 grand? How can you possibly think that? How can you possibly think that? Well, because of the fact, I mean, I mean, I think because of the time you've put in and the knowledge you show, it's there, you know, the results aren't there, no doubt, but you've put in the time. It's not like you're giving up three weeks in. So, so nah, what well, is, even though, you know, if you're here in this episode, you probably heard episode two. So we've got a couple to-do items to wrap up this. I want to know the plan going forward. Since the plan we laid out in episode two, you, you completely wadded up and threw away two days later. And then we also need to schedule the ice bucket challenge where you need to pay your debt from episode two. So number one, I want to know when that's going to happen. Remember, Ice Bucket Challenge nude. We will have the producer pixelate any of the scary bits. So when is that going to happen? And then what is the plan going forward? Okay, what are you, what are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do next week? What are you going to do a month from now? Yeah, I mean, right now it's, it's uh, what is it, Tuesday? So Monday was when I took the most recent loss again. Yeah, for now it's just trying to have a green trade in a green day. And that's all, that's all I'm trying to guess. I'm, I'm really just... On hundred chair, on hundred chair lots, right? On hundred chair. Well, I'm, yep. I'm dead sorry that I did take a two hundred chair position before, but, but um, today, I, yeah, I lost like seventy bucks, <laughs> and I was like, "That's that's fifty pound in English money, you know? That's fifty pound." And I'm like, "That's a lot of money in England," and I'm starting to feel the pain of real money again. Do you know when you like lose four hundred bucks, make three hundred bucks, lose five hundred, even losing a grand? I wouldn't feel it. I didn't feel it. I was just like, whatever, I'll make it back tomorrow. But now that since I've lost all my profits, like 50 bucks, 70 bucks, it hurts. It kills inside to lose this again. It's like when I was first learning. So yeah, it's um, just have a green trade. Uh, but not just a green trade, but a good trade. A good trade Thank where <laughs> three, three to one risk, three to one risk reward ratio, two to one risk reward ratio. I was, I was never really down on it. And it's almost like a good trade if you just cut it. If it was a good trade and the ratio was then you cut it, it's a good trade as well. So I'm just trying to have a good trade, trying to have a green trade, trying to have a green day, trying to get back to a green week. Um, 
and and that's all I can do. I mean, I'm definitely going to look back at the data and measure how many gapping gapping goals there were this month compared to gapping craps. I'd really be interested to see the percentage on this month compared to last month and if it's changed in any way because I want to know if it's my psychology or if the market's changed and, and how to identify it. But yeah, for me, it's... So, so, you're, so step one is 100 share lots. Step two is going back to your data. What net? What else? Yeah, and then just trying to put together green days, trying to put together green weeks. doesn't matter what the size is. I just need to get the green week. And then once I've kind of got back to back green weeks, two green weeks, three green weeks, then I'll, I'll slowly, I'll, I mean, me, me goal really is I've got a thousand dollar account at trade zero. I just want to try and grow it. Just get it to 1500, get it to 2000, get it to 3000. And if I can turn a thousand dollar account and double it, then that'll be something for me confidence. And I'll be like, look, uh, fair I, like I grew a big account and I messed up. I grew a big account and then I lost it. So I got, I had too much in the account, but I'd really like to build the confidence to think I can trade I can double an account. And I think that, that, that would be a huge, huge milestone. So I would love, you know, so, so we'll kind of move on. We, we have a plan here. So then the, the, the fourth sequel, which, which you know, is we, we, I'm, I hope maybe we'll start a, a, a second trilogy where they're all about Stephen's successes. But the fourth episode in this trilogy, we'll come back when you double that account because I believe you can do it. You have the skills you have the knowledge to trade 100 shares, make 50, make 100, make 150, plink, 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 put together green days. You can turn a $1,000 account into a $2,000 account. I'm not trying to put any pressure on you, but a couple weeks, a month, you can do that. So that's when we'll revisit this. Yeah, that's cool. And I, I like that. And I'll just end by saying a lot of people are like, You're not going to end yet. Wait, wait, wait. wait. When uh, is the ice, back, ice bucket challenge with Touche? Uh-huh. Touche messaged us the other day. He says, I can't believe you're talking about me pom on YouTube. It's like the <laughs> pom that I did as a kid. <laughs> so I want Touche dumping the ice on you. Uh, you'll have to fly him out to Dubai. That'll be that'll Oh, be okay. okay. But, um, so when are, you gonna, when are you doing this? The ice bucket thing? I, I can do it. I'll have to get me flatmate to do it. We'll have to do it in the house and I'll have to do it in the bath and buy loads of, loads of bags of ice. Um, but I can certainly do it. I can certainly, I, I think it's a recording I can put together to give to you guys to give to the producer to put on the end or something like that. I think Perfect. that's a good idea. Um, yeah. And the other thing is a lot of people are like, a lot of people are like Stephen, why stop doing YouTube videos, stop doing YouTube videos. You, you're doing too many other things and, and you, 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 you're struggling with the pressure. And I'm like, I just want to say like, people don't realize like, I don't, I don't, for me, trading and YouTube are part of one thing. It's it's part of, it's not that I'm a diehard trader. It's more, I want to show people that uh, with enough hard work, any average person can do something successful. So it's not like, for me, the two things are, are joined together. I would never give up one without the other. I would never do trading without YouTube. I'd never do YouTube without trading. I wouldn't do either. It's a, for me, it's a joint package. And it's not like for me to be some rich trader. That's not the dream. My dream's not looking at green candles or red, red candles all day. It's more to, to show that you don't have to be in a shitty job if you really work hard enough. And so that's me answer to those people. I'm never going to stop doing YouTube. I'm never going to stop doing a podcast. The whole purpose of trading is to, to put it on YouTube. Well, and you well, and that's, it, that's, if I'm not a real trader, then I'm not a real trader. And that's, <laughs> why the, that's why this will be the greatest story in trading ever told. Remember, I opened with the Joseph Campbell Hero's Journey reference. Remember... Every, every movie, every book, every great work of literature, there was always 
the the period of darkness. The the hero gets cast out. You know, everybody hates him. His wife leaves him. He wipes his bike out on broken glass and falls over a cliff. These things happen to our hero, but it's how our hero responds to that adversity that makes it a great a great story. And I think you've got it in it in you. I think I can coach you. We've got a, a whole team of coaches. We can turn you around, kid. I'm confident. Okay, I feel like a hero now. I feel like I'm a hero. Not yet. I'm you're the goat, bit. right? You remember? I'm losing you're, right now. You're in, you're in the dark place right now. You, you've been exiled from the village. You've been thrown out. Yeah, everybody despises you, et cetera. But it's how you, <laughs> it's how you respond. No, it's good. And I've had some crazy, I've had some crazy support, eh? Because a lot, a lot of people would think, why the hell is Tim Sykes and, and why is Tim Bone got him on the podcast and why is Tim Sykes retweeting these tweets? Like, why, why are they doing this? Like, it must be mental to keep on supporting him when he's messing up. So it feels awesome. And I'm, thank you. I'm grateful for the ongoing support and commitment. It's really nice to have off everyone. And, uh, and all I can really say is like, I'm a bit mental, but bear with us. I'll, I'll get there eventually. But, uh, I've, got to cut out some of the radical crazy tendencies i've had to let run, let when i was let let lose as running and and yeah the rest of it hi this is aaron aka double a ron from new york city and i like to go outside and find a stray dog preferably an aggressive breed like a pit bull or a rottweiler then i get real close stare it down eye to eye until it starts to chase me, then I run. That's right, I run while listening to Stephen and Tim on the Steady Trade Podcast. You can register to win real, actual prizes at their website, SteadyTrade.com. And if you really like what you hear, give the podcast a five-star rating and write a glowing review on iTunes. I did, and this is how we say goodbye in New York City. Ruff, <laughs> ruff,